the reason why there's these problems in society is because some people believe that it doesn't exist. And part of you as a social entrepreneur is not only just making the money and making the change, but being an advocate and uh, for that problem that you, mm. you that data supports, but you so passionately support. The Startup Student Podcast, the podcast for students who want to be their own boss, where students and experts from across the world and I, Christine, give you practical advice. We are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business, as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. Hello, welcome to this week's podcast episode and it's a new series that we're starting today. It's about running a successful social enterprise and I couldn't think of a better guest than the one I have for you for the next four episodes. It's going to be uh, very exciting. Um, you're going to learn <laughs> a lot of new things and interesting things uh, and with me is Zoe. Hi Zoe, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited um, about the topic. It's something that I cannot stop talking about. So lots and lots of things to say. I'm really excited. Thank you, Christine, for thinking of me, honestly. <laughs> so and the way um, we know each other actually is through the university that I used to work for supporting the students who want to start their own business uh, in the UK. And um, Zoe was part of uh, a student society that's called Enactus. It's like a worldwide um, society that is doing amazingly, uh, amazing good things in the world, supporting others to start uh, little social enterprises to improve people's life in a sustainable way, um, having a big impact. Um, and it's very impressive what they're doing. And Zoe, um, was part of the society and also was uh, the president of the society. So naturally, we, we did work a bit together whilst we were at yeah, the university. We yes, and um, so then uh, Zoe went off on her own ventures and I, um, I followed those with interest uh, through um, multiple channels, uh, through the university ones, of course, but also um, then later on through LinkedIn and so on. So today we're going to talk a bit more about herself and her social enterprise, what it's all about, why she did it, um, and what maybe comes with it, what kind of challenges we will see. So Zoe, do you want to um, maybe introduce yourself and uh, your social enterprise to us? Yes, yes. So you did a great uh, job actually introducing me as well, actually. I, I even forgot to even mention those things, like so many things I learned about entrepreneurship whilst we were at university and so many things that you taught us as a you know as a society as a team that I carry on with my social enterprise today but um so great introduction already Christine <laughs> um but yes yeah, so my name is Zoe like uh, Christine said and and I run a social enterprise called Miss Independent Global uh, it is a social enterprise that focuses on equipping young women um between the ages of uh, 13 to 21 so we work in schools colleges and universities uh, with career skills so it's all about careers and employability uh, we have a program that works on helping 
girls with the job route, like how to be successful and thrive within a job um, and in any company that they choose. And then we also have a program that focuses on enterprise because again, not everyone wants to go down the job route. Uh, some people want to develop um, entrepreneurship skills. Um, and that's what, that's the second program that we run in schools. And then, uh, so yeah, it's really quite simple. Um, in, it's quite simple. So schools, we advertise to schools and colleges that they hire us and they pick which program works for them. Sometimes they pick both and then we deliver it over a, each program is six weeks, 12 hours and we just deliver it and the girls get to do these incredible so in the enterprise program they get to build a business over a six week period and then they go and present it to the judges like Re, like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank style. Don't know if anyone has watched any of those shows. And um, they win they win a prize, uh, the winning team win a prize. And then on our other program, which is all about the job route, we do like a mini assessment center. So they actually, again, meet, uh, meet a few judges. They present their CV, they present, they do an interview and they do a presentation. And so they learn how it would be like if they were going to apply for a job this is kind of this is practice for them so yeah that's that's how it that is what I do on a daily basis I've been doing it for about four years now and um, well, it's taken me four years to get to this point where I'm actively uh, full-time in schools and colleges and universities uh, diver uh, delivering these workshops and these programs and um but it took a it took a, it was a bit of a struggle for the last four years I don't know if you want me to start going into that now Christine yeah um, but yeah that's what I've been doing that <laughs> so yeah starting it I, do, I I mean like Christine was saying in the beginning I was a student at when I met Christine I was a student at the university I had took a liking to social enterprise through an actus um this society that Christine was our advisor for and um I really didn't I was in I fell in love with social enterprise at university through that because I didn't know you could create a business I feel like business when I was young had this negative stigma like or it was like business owners were greedy and um, business you only create a business or be a business owner if you just want to make money and for me I knew from a young age I don't I love money don't get me wrong money is good <laughs> I like to make money but I've always always wanted to know I always wanted to have a career that helped people I loved working with people I talk a lot as you could probably tell in this podcast <laughs> I love to talk I love to work with people and so when I was introduced to an actress at the university and introduced to Christine and what the possibilities of this could be a career when I leave university I could run a social enterprise that could help people and make money I was like that is the route I knew this was something that I was going to do um so it didn't take off straight away I knew after I I basically got the idea for my business through again in university my dissertation so um for those who just don't know what a dissertation is I always explain it to the young students that I work with that it's like a huge essay 10,000 word essay about a specific topic and um, it's a huge part of your degree and um, mine was about the gender pay gap and I had to talk about why the gender pay gap was still quite prominent in strong economies so I did an economics degree and um, I had to look at the US and the UK because they are looked at they are such strong economies but yet they do have quite strong prominent gender pay gaps um, meaning that 
if you look at pretty much every industry, women on average, and you take the average uh, salary of a woman in that industry and an average salary of, the, of a man in that salary, you will see that there is a, there's constant gaps. And um, my dissertation was about looking and exploring why that is the case. And there were several reasons. There were several reasons. I won't go into all of them because I will be here all day. But one particular reason that really struck me was um, there was a HR uh, research dissertation that they said that several when women look at job applications or promotion applications, they will only apply for a job if they reach 100% most women only a job, apply for a job or go for like a business opportunity if they know that they can reach 100% of the criteria. Whereas men, if they reach, if they identify um, with 60% of the criteria, they're gonna apply for it anyway. And that they see in that loads of women are talking themselves out of opportunities that can make money. I'm not saying this is the only reason, there's several other reasons why the gender pay gap was prominent, but I felt like that was a really key thing. And I, it, I was just obsessed with the topic. Um, I kept, uh, after my dissertation, I kept doing research and I was like, who told us women that we couldn't do it? Who, what, how did we develop a mindset of talking ourselves out of opportunities rather than talking ourselves in? And um, I did a series of different brunches and networking events to talk to more successful women um, who were in prominent positions about how did, how did they get to the, into their position? How did they overcome their mindset? And um, to cut a long story short, when I looked at all of those, did all those conversations and networking events, I would collect the data and those women were just like, I wish I just learned how to be confident in school. I wish I had learned how to, uh, how to be really confident about money and talking about business at school. And I believe it would have been able to, I've been able to be successful as I grew up. So yeah, looking at my own data, I realized that a lot of people said school. So that's when I was like, I'm gonna develop a program just for women in schools. So before they graduate, they, they are already somewhat aware and aware of how the working world, um, how to succeed in the working world. So that's how I developed Miss Independent um, in as short as space possible because I can talk about it forever. Ah, lovely, <laughs> thank you. I really could. <laughs> yes, I know, I know, but uh, that's why I also invited you to be part of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for also saying um, it took a while to get it up and running because sometimes people um, think, uh, okay, I have this idea and then I start working on it full time the next day. Um, we all, and like you say, um, you love money. <laughs> it's, it's true, we, <laughs> we all need money to live. Uh, this is how the world works. Otherwise we all would do just good things um, for other people without uh, getting any pay. Um, however, uh, doing something that does something good and get paid for it is of course the optimum way of, of doing something. Um, if we go into what actually a social enterprise is, can we talk a bit more about that? I mean, we, we yes. um, touched on it, but um, how would you define a, a social enterprise? I mean, there's of, of course um, official definitions as well, but, and we already said doing something good and earning money because again, some people think a social enterprise is not allowed to make any money um but yes differences between that as well so maybe we can talk a bit more about this and how um, how people might be able to overcome this barrier oh i want to do something good but i i have to take some money for it 
Yes, yes, and it, it um it's a really interesting. And I think we will talk about this in later episodes. Is that the the hats that you have to wear uh, as a social entrepreneur? But to my de- definition and what my understanding of a social enterprise is a business, so uh, an actual business, something that's making money, uh, but you're using it to uh, focus on a cause that will better society or better the world. So if you look at my example, I do, I charge schools and I also work with corporate companies. They also have the corporate companies that um, sponsor some schools and sponsor some colleges and universities. And we focus on women in the world of work. So we're trying to prepare the next generation of women to close future gender pay gaps and make sure that they're thriving in any in their careers so that uh, if, uh, make sure they have the skills and the knowledge and the connections they need so that they can thrive in the world of work. Uh, because right now the problem is the social problem is that women aren't uh, earning as much as men in so in so many industries and so many places and so that is the problem that I'm trying to tackle so that is that's my definition and that's how I uh, just the example that I'm giving you through Mm -hmm. how my business is actually being a social enterprise so yeah it's but yeah you make money you can make money and like I said you make money off of to, we have I have more than one stream of income and um you can pay yourself a good salary doing that yeah I I agree and yeah. I I'm, I'm always extremely surprised uh, and I really don't get it you will know all the ins and outs of course but the why women are not getting paid the same um, I know <laughs> it, it, it's it's really strange in these days where it's I, I don't I don't have any words and I, I don't understand it uh, if someone tells me um, no but uh, this person gets paid less than the other person um, and that person maybe even took the decision of paying these people in a different way which is um, extremely weird but um, yes I I really love what you're doing because um, it's it's necessary to work on that and still um, even though I think we mentioned in our previous uh, talks where we spoke to each other that sometimes people um, have heard too much, maybe, okay, women uh, need to be paid the same and stuff, but it's still a problem. So it still yeah. needs to be talked about. Um, and I like also that you start at the root and uh, you, it came out through your surveys. Okay, I wish I have learned in school and things. I think that's where the changes need to happen. Uh, I, I love that uh, schools, uh, colleges, etc., do get you in to to do run these workshops. It's a good sign. Um, uh, yeah. So thank you, thank yeah. you for doing that. It's really yeah. important. Mm. It's funny yeah. that you said that. Like, um, I think just to add to a point that you you just mentioned here that you said you don't understand why it it's the case and some people may shrug off the problem and I think that's that's the that's the power of social enterprise and I always say if you don't if you're starting or thinking of starting a social enterprise and you think it's going to be smooth sailing and people aren't going to oppose you uh, the reason why there's these problems in society is because some people believe that it doesn't exist and part of you as a social entrepreneur is not only just making the money and making the change but being an advocate and uh, for that problem that you 
you the data supports but you so passionately support as well um mm. so yeah and I, I've definitely had I've had so many people like on Twitter I've had like some people have had wanted to have arguments with me and they're like this doesn't exist the data is skewed and I was just like okay but I know the results we yeah. a lot of a lot of people can see there is an issue here and that mm. is part of the fight for social entrepreneurship a lot of people don't believe in that societal problem yeah. and that's a thing that you have to face every single day exactly and I wanted to that leads me um to the to the next thing I wanted to say I guess for mm, pretty much maybe each social enterprise there is a lot of educational work that needs to be done to make people yes. aware of a problem and then to um, convince <laughs> which sounds stupid and strange um I think because there is a problem and if people ignore it maybe they have um they don't have this problem in the company they are at. Um, so that might be one of the reasons, of course. But um, mm -hmm. if there is still a problem, then people need to be, be made aware of it and then um, educate how it can be actually changed and where does it come from and stuff. But I can imagine that there's um, yeah, lots of uh, people for certain issues that say they don't exist or they're not um, urgent enough maybe for them to solve because there's uh, exactly. so many problems in the world, <laughs> to be honest. Yes, and yes, people yes. say, no, but we need to focus on climate change. We need to focus on this and that. But um, these are all valid issues. And I mean, um, they're serious ones as well. Also, um, I mean, also the one that you're solving is a serious issue because why should a woman get paid less and and times are changing and i guess it's different in different countries of course there's um sweden i think is is uh, quite uh on good on the way to to get equality so and all the yes, kind of yeah. um but i can i can imagine is there any anything that you can say with regards um to the different countries and how they handle it. Is there um, a country that you would like to point out that's doing a really good job? Um, yeah, you know, you know, before the pandemic, it's funny you asked, before the pandemic, I actually applied for, um, to do some research in two different countries. So one was, it was definitely, I was definitely gonna go to Sweden because they have one of the lowest gender pay gaps, but also, Costa Rica also has one of the lowest pay, uh, uh, gender pay gaps in the world. And, but then Japan has one of the largest. So I wanted to see, go in and speak to, I'd listed up with several different interviews that I was going to do in these countries if the funding had approved, um, went through. And um, I wanted to look at their infrastructure, speak to some of their women champions and look at some of their data. But um, so it's funny you said that, but then as soon as the, the pandemic hit and um, everyone lost their funding through that, so it is what it is. But I'm still hoping to do that project and look at one country that has a really, really um, small gender pay gap and one that has quite a large one. So. When, just from my research, some of the things that I've seen when I was doing my research for Costa Rica is the celebration of women. Like it's just embedded in the culture that women are, women are celebrated. The differences between men and women um, are celebrated. So one thing that I, I think I took a quote when I, I was in South Africa once, it was someone said, women are equal 
to men we're not the same and I think it's good to celebrate we think differently everyone's different and it's okay to celebrate those differences but just because I'm different to you and I think different to you doesn't mean I'm not equal to you it doesn't mean I'm not equally as valued as 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 important and I feel like when I was doing my research about Costa Rica that is something that they just um, they they are encouraging they love they really support women in leadership and women in partnership leadership so mm. those are the things I wanted to focus on more like they really celebrated that in their culture um, and then whereas I was like looking at Japan who has one of the biggest uh, gender pay gaps it's it's very very technological advanced technologically uh, technologically advanced and I was like they should be to in in my opinion one of the people that are because they're so they're inventing so many things and they're the founders of so much technology um and I but then there's a cultural issue so I think there's something down to culture that's what I'm saying there's cultural issues of um and I don't want to disrespect anyone's culture but when I was reading doing my research there it was just a culture of women they're still dealing with um the history of their culture of women being um lower citizens and so it's be it's definitely people are fighting for it in japan but they are breaking out of that culture that ran their their country for a long time so uh, again i don't want to this is just the basis of all the information that i've been reading and researching about but i think it's down to culture like yes, the culture of the country um, mm. influences the mindset of people and it starts with leadership right at the top if our people at the top um I sometimes look at the UK and um I was looking at all of the different female leaders I'm not saying in the UK we don't you don't uh, the male leaders don't get slandered as, as much in the media but the top mm. some of the top leaders in in um that were female a female in the UK they get destroyed in the media um and more time more times than they do in in um than men in comparison that's that's just that's just my own observation you can disagree with me and I feel like that then transcends that makes it okay for other companies and everyone else to be like okay it's all right to subconsciously I'm not saying I'm not saying they do it, not saying that everyone does it consciously because there are laws and stuff in place. But subconsciously, if you constantly see it's easier to slander a, a woman, you subconsciously think it's okay to do that in um, in loads of areas. But yeah, and then there's, like I said, there's so many other topics of like, you know, women having to take time off of work because a lot of women are having children, et cetera, and childcare. And I know that a lot of companies um, I've seen, I support so many other female campaigns that are supporting women in the world of work in other areas but I particularly particularly felt like the confidence and the culture gap is being neglected so that's why my company is focused in that area and we just support the other women um the other companies that are doing stuff for child support and child care which is also um important yeah yeah, I can see. I mean, and uh, you have to focus on one thing because, like you said, there's uh, exactly a lot of uh, within one uh, thing. Let's say if if you look at uh, an equality between men and women, there's uh, uh, so many that you can um, pick from. Basically, unfortunately, uh, and I love what you said that um, celebration of of women and that women and men are different. 
uh, they think different. That's why if you look at uh, certain job positions, um, there's sometimes uh, more women than men and sometimes there's more men yes. and women, which has to do also with the yes. skill set. Um, which does not mean that all women are the same. That's also not what we're saying, of course, but um, exactly. they are equal, like you say. So that's that's lovely. And um, that's how uh, I would like to also uh, wrap the things up that you said, basically, is, is exactly that. It's about the equality. It's not about saying we're all the same because ne neither men and women are the same, nor all the women are the same. Everyone is different exactly. in every way. Everyone has their own strength, and um, but exactly. we should be all equal. So that's that's lovely. Yeah, Thank we're equally as important. Yeah. yeah, is um is there anything... that note. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I, I just wanted to ask if there's any other things that you wanted to mention that we haven't mentioned yet about you, about the company, about the topic in in general um, before we wrap no. up. Yeah, I would say you summarized that really well. I need to learn how to be simpler with my answers. Really, really love that um, summary. No, um, but just, I would say just ending, just ending, what would I say? I would say to people, don't give, it does take time uh, with social enterprises and we're going to talk more about that in each episode. So I, it, it's normal to want to give up when you're fighting the cause and running a business, running a business is hard and now you're trying to change society at the same time, it's going to be hard. Um, so I'm still facing challenges all the time, but love the, like fall in love, be obsessed with your cause. And that, I feel like that's the best foundation to start with. If you're thinking of starting with, um, starting a social enterprise, literally fall in love with that cause um, and, and, um, yeah be obsessed with it like I am mm -hmm. I really am I love doing research about it in my spare time it's it's it brings me joy so yeah. that is what you should that's the one thing I'll leave to people and um it's okay don't matter what it, no matter what age you are and what background you come from um let that also be a fuel to to keep you going yeah, exactly. Um, I just wanted yeah, to say, if you, if you are <laughs> in love with your idea and your reason why you're doing things, this will be the best motivator you have because, like you said, it's not easy. It will take time. Like mm -hmm. every business, um, social enterprises have um, the good cause behind it, let's say. Um, a lot of companies do as well that are not classified or classify themselves yes. as social enterprises. However, um, you have to, I think, be in love with the idea because it can be very tough and uh, you have to be able to keep going. You have to keep in mind why you're doing the things. So thank you so much for sharing uh, your story, uh, what you guys do and why this is actually important. And in the next episode, we're gonna talk a bit more about the different kind of hats that someone has to wear in the social enterprise. Yes. I mentioned this <laughs> always in previous episodes as well, because that's, pretty much for every startup however in a social enterprise you might uh, have to wear a few more hats and um, even though you should not lose the focus of why you're doing things you also um, need to focus on other areas because in the end it is a business and it needs to be mm -hmm. run like a business so I can't wait to exactly talk to you more about that um, thank you so much Zoe and um, yeah I'm excited to see you next time definitely I'm so excited too next time <laughs>
That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.